listening to the Jesus Only Podcast with father-daughter duo Joseph and Faith. Hello, thank you for listening to us today. Today's episode topic is being filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I wanted to start off with our text would be in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, we find a command uh, that the Holy Spirit gave us through the Apostle Paul. And we'll find that command in that verse of Ephesians 5, 18, where it reads, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. See, it's God's will, God's desire to fill people with the Holy Spirit. And I see in today's Christian world much confusion and even controversy of the subject, don't you? Yeah. Especially when you look at a whole Word of Faith movement when we were watching that awesome documentary. It was called what? American Gospel, Christ what? Alone. Right. And then one of the Benny Hinn's nephews came out of that movement after professing of being filled with the Spirit and doing all the things that he did with his uncle Benny Hinn and so on and so forth. But when we examine a little deeper and we see the problem with that movement, the prosperity gospel, number one, people who come to the prosperity gospel come to to the gospel or to Jesus with the wrong motives, thinking that they'll have prosperity, that they'll be blessed, that they have their new home, their new car, a bunch of money in their bank account. So what does that do? What does that do when people come to Jesus with that kind of motive? What does it what does it produce? Well, they just want the gift and not the giver. Right. And what it does is it produces a false convert. Mm-hmm. So you got a bunch of I'm just assuming, I'm not trying to put them all in the same uh, arena, but uh you produce many false converts in the, within a movement like that. But then secondly, you got all these people that falls under the umbrella of Pentecostalism. They all believe in a a second work of grace, uh, which I do. I believe in a second work of grace. But they believe it to an extent under their Pentecostal umbrella that uh, that they're all going to be speaking in tongues. And uh, that is the evidence. And that's basically what they show is the only evidence of being filled with the Spirit. Well, my topic again today is that it's the command of God, the Holy Spirit, through the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 5.18, he says, but be filled with the Spirit. I just wanted to take about 15 minutes tonight and really talk about that. I know I prefaced with the example of the Word of Faith movement and uh, how they interpret that and how they just run with that. And you find that amongst many Pentecostal churches. I mean, there's even churches in the girl that you know Mm -hmm. that says if you don't speak in tongues, you're not even saved. Right. Uh, I know I'll even say the guy's name. His name is Jimmy Holmes. He has Jimmy Holmes Clothing Store in Bourbon A, Illinois. (laughs) His daddy started it all. But anyways, I don't know if his dad was a Pentecostal. But anyways, Jimmy Holmes and his brother, I met his brother before, they're very dogmatic. They're very adamant. That if you're not doing what they tell you, you're you're not a Christian. And then you got the other group of Pentecostals that tell you if you don't do that, you're not filled with the Spirit. Well, what I wanted to do, and this is really not going to be enough time to go thoroughly and theologically through it, but just to kind of give it a quick survey, 
maybe do a quick, a quick flyby, a quick synopsis of what it means to be filled with the Spirit, because it's always been one of my passions, only always one of my desires to be theologically correct, number one. And number two, I read my Bible. I want what God has to offer. I want all nine gifts of the Spirit. You know, I want to see his evidences in my life. I want this power, not a power for my own selfish reasons like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. They want the gift, but not the giver. Right. But I want this power because I know that this power enables me to go out and to preach the gospel message to a lost, hurting, and dying world. That's the bottom line. Everything else from this gifts of the Spirit is a byproduct of being filled with the Spirit. Let me say it again. All this evidences that people emphasize is a byproduct of being filled with the Spirit. The priority and the primary reason of being filled with the Spirit is what? To preach the gospel. You got it. And I say that with deep convictions. Read your Bible. It says that when they were filled with the Spirit, they spoke the Word of God with boldness. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the kind of initial physical evidence I want to see of someone who's filled the Spirit. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to go through a little list here. I know we already went through five minutes, but be filled the Spirit. We should all want this power of God to be filled the Spirit. It's a command given to those who've been truly born again. See, when you're born again... You have the indwelling of the Spirit, okay? Mm -hmm. And when you're, before you become to that point of having the indwelling of the Spirit, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would be with you and he would be in you. I believe that's in John 16. That there's a threefold relationship with the Holy Spirit. Number one, that he would be with you. Number two, that he would be in you. And then when he told them to go to Jerusalem in Acts chapter 1-8, he says, go wait in Jerusalem until you be endued with power on, on, from on high. That means that the Spirit would come upon you. So in you, with you, upon you. A threefold relationship with the Holy Spirit. When he's with you, what's he's doing? Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would come and he would convict the world of three things. What were those three things? Sin, righteousness, and judgment. And judgment. I think it's 16 verse 8. John 16, verse 8, I believe. But anyways, he said that's the reason that he would come, convicting the world of their sin, bringing them to himself and to the knowledge, a saving knowledge of Jesus and to his work of who he is and what he's did. That's the, God, that's the Spirit's job on earth to drawing sinners to himself, God Almighty, okay? It's really simple. The second one is once you respond to that gospel message, when you see your predicament, when you understand you've broken God's law, and you come to a point of a true conversion, and you realize that the remedy is the gospel, and you embrace that with every fiber of your being, and you accept personal responsibility that was your sin and my sin that nailed Jesus to that cross, and you become a new creation in Christ, you receive the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Do you follow me? Mm -hmm. And then thirdly, you know, I think it's in John 20, verse 22, where Jesus went in the upper room and he says he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. I believe when Jesus did that, and there's a key word now, I believe. Mm -hmm. Okay, now if you got any objections, be, I'd be happy to your opinion. But I believe literally that he breathed on them and they received the indwelling of the Holy Spirit because they couldn't receive that indwelling of the Holy Spirit under the old covenant. 
but only under the new covenant could they receive the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. After Jesus paid the price at the cross of Calvary, every new believer, a person who was justified by faith, just like they were in the old covenant, justified by faith in the blood of Jesus in the new covenant, when you're justified and truly born again, when you're born of the Spirit, John chapter 3, that you would receive the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. I know I'm saying a lot. Was this is this good stuff? Oh yeah, that's is good. This making sense? Yes. This is just a conviction of mine, and I I don't know who the audience is, and I'm not looking to to speak to any person who's listening. I don't know who they who you are, but uh, I just kind of want to run through this a little bit. And again, I'm open to your opinion. Uh, email us, you know, whatever, and get in contact with us, and tell me your two cents of what you think. But. Going back to John chapter 20, they did receive the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So then Jesus said, go to Jerusalem and wait until you be endued with power on high. And that's where I think the command comes from Ephesians 5.18, commanding all believers to be filled with the Spirit. So what does this filled with the Spirit look like? You know, what was it like when the Holy Spirit came upon uh, in the Old Testament did they always, what happened to those people? What happened in Numbers chapter 22 when the Holy Spirit came upon a certain somebody? What happened? Uh, the donkey <laughs> the that donkey. talked. <laughs> yes. Well, the Holy Spirit does that. The Holy Spirit comes upon people and can even make a donkey talk, right? Yeah. I believe that. I believe that can happen today. The Holy Spirit comes upon people in the Old Covenant. He can't, He comes upon people in the New Covenant, okay? I believe that. Call me a Pentecostal, but I believe that, okay? <laughs> but we're looking at, we're, we're examining this a little bit deeper. You know, my problem is, is that when the statement is made always and without exception, the initial physical evidence will be accompanied by blah, 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 blah. Okay, blank, 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 blank. And you know what I'm talking about. You know, when they were baptized with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 1 and 2, did we see tongues of fire? Well, that happened to them. Do we see tongues of fire today as an initial physical evidence as well? You know, I really don't know what that means, to be honest with you, tongues of fire. But the thing is, is that we grab one certain circumstance that happened to one person, and then we we make a doctrine out of it. You follow me? Mm. So I'm getting a little theological, a little deep. But let me get back with my remaining time of just a, a litmus test or a, a little bit of a list. What it looks like to be filled, like it says in Ephesians 5.18, being filled with the Spirit. I believe it also means to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. And this is what I believe that it looks like. Number one, when you're filled with the Spirit, and I look for this in people who profess to be filled. You're actively aware of your own sinfulness. You know that you're, it's continued on from your conversion. It's a, it's a deeper way. It's sanctification. That's what this Christian life is all about. Sanctification. We're, we still have this sin nature. We still have this inf, evil nature. And I'll give kudos to a certain ministry who believes that when you evidence your faith in Jesus Christ and him crucified, that's where the victory is. That's where you will find victory over this sinfulness. But when you be filled with the Spirit, you're, you're actively aware of your own sinfulness. Number two, when you're filled with the Spirit, Jesus becomes near and real. That's what Andy talked about today, communion. Mm -hmm. yep. He says some good points about that, a communion. Jesus said in John chapter 6, he said, Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. 
you know, people talk about, well, what's he talking about? Even the disciples in John chapter 6, they didn't know what he was talking about. Man, eat his flesh and drink my blood? <laughs> Cannibalism? Uh. No, 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 no. Jesus is talking about a communion, a, a closeness with him. And when you're filled with the Spirit, it's not just a distant relationship or a, a medium relationship. It becomes near and real, and you truly love him. You know, it'll be Jesus in the morning. It'll be Jesus in the afternoon. It will be Jesus in the evening. It'll be Jesus on Sunday like it is today. It'll be Jesus on Monday. It'll be Jesus on Tuesday. You get what I'm trying to say? Yep. You'll be like a Jesus freak. Mm -hmm. You'll be like, man, all, when I see you, you know, when I see faith, I think about Jesus. There goes Jesus' faith running around the KCC campus, <laughs> you know, telling people the good news. Uh -huh. You know, that's what it becomes like. That's being filled with spirit. Number three... Being filled with spirits, you hunger for his word. It comes alive. You're not just reading a bunch of words in the book, but you're reading words that someone who's communicated to you through a book. And for me, you know, when I look at the word of God and I hunger for the word of God and it comes live, it went to a whole different level. Just in my journey, when I switched to the King James, you call me a King James only, I, whatever you want to call me. But to me, that's where my feeling, I feel that came from switching to a word-for-word, -word, literal translation, uh, helped me to grow exponentially. So you hunger for the word when you're filled with the Spirit. There's an illumination, you know, there's a deeper, and your entire walk is deeper in the word when you're filled with the Spirit. Number four, there's a supernatural presence and a supernatural strength in your life over sin. Victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil. Amen? Amen. That's a supernatural presence because you're keeping your faith in Jesus and what he did for you at the cross. Number five, spiritual power. I believe in this power. I've seen it demonstrated in my life many a times. It's a great increase of spiritual progress. It's fruitfulness. You know, John chapter 15, Jesus talks about this fruitfulness. And then in the fruit of the spirits in Galatians chapter 5, you see those in the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. So you see the spiritual power, number five. And number six, there's a bold witness when you're filled with the spirit. I mean, you got this burning desire to witness to the lost. You know what I'm saying about that? Oh, yeah. It's a burden for the lost, like Jesus had. Jesus looked upon them and he said, you know, he looked upon Jerusalem. He saw them as sheep without a shepherd, that they're harassed and helpless. And that's the goal of the Christian in this brief time here on this planet is to be filled with the Spirit, to be able to go out and to share this good news, to be able to have this supernatural boldness and have be a bold witness of the gospel message and to have a desire to know it in and out. You know, not just a little quick survey or a verse here or there, but to know how to explain it, to give a crystal clear gospel explanation. Unfortunately, you don't see that much today in, in today's Christianity. Oh, Normal yeah. people go to these churches all around our county where we live in. You know, if I did a survey, and I've kind of done this in the past several years ago, it was to my amazement that very few people even know what the gospel is. Mm. To give a, a, a quick definition from Scripture or even give a little comprehensive definition from Scripture. So anyways, you become a bold witness. And number seven, you go from the temporal to the eternal. The emphasis in your life is not is eternal. It's not temporal. It's not temporary. You know, not being earthly-minded, but being heavenly-minded. 
You just have a, you're looking forward to heaven. If you believe in a rapture, you might name your cat rapture. You might <laughs> just want it. That's all you think about. You know, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm done. This is just temporary. This is, you know, where are you going to be at 100 years from now? You know what? Chances are you ain't going to be on this planet. Mm, nope. But where are you going to be at a million years from now? You're going to be spending eternity with Jesus if you're saved. Oh, yeah. There's no comparison to this temporary earthly life. Let's mm. get through it. Let's get to heaven. Let's walk with Jesus now. Let's look for the spiritual power. Be filled with the Spirit and do everything he would have us to do. And get on with the, this next world. Amen. Amen. So then you go from the temporal to the internal. Number eight, you have great joy. Great joy when you're filled with the Spirit. The disciples in the book of Acts, they were, they were filled with great joy, it says repeatedly. And number nine, various spiritual gifts. You hear me? That's the last one. That's the kicker. So many people want to grab on just to the various spiritual gifts. But the other eight things that I mentioned are not there. Mm, you follow me? Yeah. And I, I've, I'm, I'm like a lawyer. I'm like in a court of law. I'm looking at the evidences of people that I've met, the thousands of people I met, maybe only hundreds, but maybe even thousands. And many of them saying they were filled with the Spirit. When I don't see one through eight in their lives, but I see them looking to number nine, looking for those various spiritual gifts. And that's the the whole whole thing that is about them being filled with the Spirit. I see a great disconnect. You follow me? Yeah. And a lot of times these spiritual gifts, especially the one that, you know, when I'm, it's obvious that I'm talking about, can be very easily uh, uh, copied. Hmm. You follow me? Yeah. All right. Well, anyways... Those are my examples of the objective work of the Holy Spirit, the upon experience that will bring person under the being controlled by the Holy Spirit, being controlled by the authority of another with a capital A. You know, not the subjective work, not the first work, but an objective work, a, a close walk with Jesus, an overflow of the Spirit. You follow me? Yeah. You can say, you know what, be filled with the Spirit. I want to be filled with the Spirit. It should be everybody's desire to be filled with the Spirit. And it's just an overflow of your life, of those things that I mentioned, all nine of those things. But the being filled with the Spirit and the primary use of the supernatural power is to preach the gospel mm -hmm. and to really preach it, how to close the gospel message, how what view you use. I know there's a lot of Arminians. I know there's Calvinists. You know, I believe in God's sovereignty at salvation. You know, I don't believe that people need to parrot a prayer at the end of a gospel presentation. I believe the Holy Spirit knows whose are his. Second mm -hmm. Timothy 2.19, the Lord knoweth whose are his. And if their heart is receptive to that message through the power and the anointing of the Spirit, and from you and I preaching that, being filled with the Spirit, God knows in their heart that he can bring them to a saving knowledge of Jesus, bring them to the guiltiness of their sin, and bring them to the new birth. Amen. Amen. So I don't need to close that deal. I don't need to possibly produce a false conversion. You follow me? Yeah. And in the same way, as much as I want other people to be filled with the Spirit after they get saved, why am I going to try to force them or coerce them to do an act that is obviously reading the Bible, Acts chapter 2, you know. But the thing is, is that it's so easy to be intimidated and produce a false person being filled with the Spirit. You follow me? Yeah. Can you read between the lines a little bit tonight? Uh -huh. yeah. Okay, so 
I would go toe-to-toe with anybody on this argument if we ever <laughs> talked about this in face-to-face. But uh, I think the Word of God is clear. There's, there's so much more. The initial physical evidence, I don't read that verse in my Bible, okay? I, show me that verse where it says the initial mm-hmm. physical evidence of being filled with Spirit is this, and then I'll submit, okay? But I don't see that verse. I've read my Bible. I don't see it nowhere. That's somebody's commentary. That's somebody's opinion, and it's not in Scripture. Amen? amen. Should we hold on to the Bible first? Yes, of okay, course. Okay, so, amen. Well, thanks for listening to us tonight. I just hope I made something a little bit clearer, being filled with Spirit. Let's all be filled with Spirit. Myself and Faith and my wife and my other daughter and all of you listening and let's try to get this across to many other people who want to be filled with spirits so and be used by God. Amen. Amen. So we love you and thank you for listening tonight. You got anything to close? Um, don't forget that you can email us at JesusOnlyPodcast.com. Thank you.